Welcome to Beyond Queer Stories, the podcast that gives voice to the queer community through the art of storytelling. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Queer Stories. I'm Dawn. This is John Dillon. And we have a familiar voice with us today. So for those of you who listen, B. Steadwell is with us. She's the creator of our intro outro music and also is a singer-songwriter from Washington, D.C., who blends soul, acapella, and folk to produce what she calls queer pop. B's original music features earnest lyricism and affirming LGBTQ content, shooting and editing her own music videos. B has combined her love of music with narrative film. Her film Vow of Silence featured in film festivals around the world, including Black Star, HBO's Outfest, the Schomburg Center, Inside Out Toronto, and Fringe Fest UK. In 2017, Issa Rae featured Vow of Silence on her short film Sunday's YouTube channel. And B has shared stages with fellow artist activists, Big Frida, Nona Hendricks, Nikki Finney, and Gina Yashir. In 2017, B sang at the Women's March on the National Mall behind Maxwell and Janelle Monet in Toshi Reagan's Big Lovely Band. And in May 2018, B released her newest album, Queer Love Songs. This year, B composed the music for the Alvin Ailey Dance Company's production of The Gone. And in her latest work, A Letter to My Ex, the musical, B tells stories of love, loss, and intimacy through a collage of music, movement, and film, narrating one character's journey through the year following a breakup. Welcome. We're so excited to have oh. you here. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm excited to, to finally cross time zones and <laughs> Yes, yes. It's been a cross, journey. Across the country to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. First, I just, I have to say, like, that letter to my ex, um, you just don't know how much I needed that. Um, did you get to see it? I did not. <sighs> I, I, moved, I just moved to Oakland, and I was just like, oh I'm going to throw goodness. it out there. Like, literally, mm-hmm. I just moved there mm-hmm. in, in July. I'm just here in Chicago for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please bring it back. Please bring it back. Please bring mm-hmm. it back. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 My it'll year it'll was be up. back eventually. Yeah. Awesome. Oh. Ooh, my, yeah, yeah. My year was up November seventeenth, twenty eighteen, um, from breaking up with my ex, and mm. so much I've learned. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is going to capsulize everything, mm. but I'll wait. Yes, yeah, mm. yes. That's yeah. there's so much breaking yeah. up. It's like such a universal, mm. intense grieving process that we all kind of know and. I love sharing stories, breakup stories. It's like, it's a very uh, unifying, you know, kind of kind of concept. So, yeah, we'll, we'll find you. Yes, we'll find I appreciate you that. Thank you. Yes. So, yes. of course, what we want to do is is jump into the meat of who you are, all that makes you who you are. Um, so one of the questions what we would love to lead with is what identities do you feel most influenced your experiences? Yeah, um, I think just all sort of three of being being a woman, being black, being queer, and um, th- those three sort of all simultaneously influenced my experience um, as as a kid and and now, and I think all of those things made me feel 
very alienated and marginalized in a lot of ways as a kid. And those are the things that actually make me feel strong and connected to my people now. So it's like a really awesome switch from like feeling not good enough or feeling ugly or feeling different to um, being really excited and proud to be those things and to share those things with with community and family and and celebrate together and heal together and and um and be weirdos together so (laughs) i love that because it actually makes me think about one of the reasons i connected with your music when i first heard it because it was at the very beginning when i was coming out and that was um back when all the new music was a Lost Boys music, right? And y'all were doing that. And yeah. I didn't have that community yet. So it gave me a sense of community before I had community. And I felt so strongly connected to that because I was like, oh, this is, you know, people who are thinking things I'm thinking and people who are connecting with each other and putting that artistry out there for others to be able to hold on to. And that was really the first time I felt any sense of community. And mm. I would just like listen to everything on repeat. I'm like, okay, this is like giving me confidence to then go out and connect in person with people. So I appreciate that. That is really cool to hear. I, I, I mean, that's, that's like the best, that's the best <laughs> thing <laughs> to hear, honestly. Yeah. That's so important for so many people. Yeah. Community yeah, we can were... be life-saving, you know? Yes. It really can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things a lot of artists, some artists are more concerned about the output so that they're Mm -hmm. able to gain the coin of which, you know, I get it. But it's like that connection that you make with people, um, especially when it comes to, you know, grasping your identity. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was just thinking about like when I finally decided, you know, and finally decide like to not be invisible, to honor my you know, orientation and everything. It was like, okay, now who can, where can I get some support from? Cause it ain't going to be the people around me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, just appreciating your artistry and your giftedness and how it can, can do magic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What, uh, what else? <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me wonder. So what gave you the confidence to put that kind of content out there in such a vulnerable way? Right. Cause not, right. You know, not everybody feels comfortable putting queer lyrics out there for everyone to listen to. Yeah. um, I mean, I think because I started writing music. I mean, I started writing when I was when I was a teenager, but I started really needing to write when I was um, like 20 and 20, 21. I I, I was I was really sad. I was really depressed. And um, it was a therapy. It was a therapeutic thing and, and sharing it though I, I didn't assume anyone else would care or be in, interested in it. Um, it was something I needed to do to, to try to, to sort of save my own life. And, um, and I, I couldn't do that in a, in a surface way. I couldn't do it in, um, um, uh, insincere way. It had to be very real and, um, and honest. And I had to be myself. Otherwise it wasn't going to make me feel better. So for sure if I had like a fancier voice or if I was really good at instruments, you know, like if I had something to hide behind, maybe I would have, you know, but, um, but I think what I have is sincerity and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, if nothing else. And, um, 
and that's the best way that I I can tell stories as as an artist. And maybe not everybody. Some people are have many metaphors, and you don't really know what their songs are about, mm-hmm. and that's amazing too. Uh, but it's just not, <laughs> it's just never been how I write, you know. Yeah. So having had the opportunity um, to connect with so many, I'm just looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, looking at the diversity of the people that you've worked with. Gina Yashir, Mama Gina, as I affectionately mm-hmm. call her, she is like baby Jesus's like little sister. Like <laughs> I love her so much. She is, she's amazing. She is. She's, yeah. And like Toshi, Toshi Reagan literally is a legend. Um, within mm. herself, just literally, and then of course, Big yeah. Frida. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like these this wide variety of individuals. Like, how has that yeah. influenced you? Um, mm. I'm curious because does it? I mean, I don't know. I guess if I were yeah. able to connect with different individuals, I would say, yeah. okay, how how far can I take this, or what could yeah. be my next steps? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I found. I mean, probably on, on, on that list, you know, Toshi is one of my closest friends and, and definitely a a mentor and a peer. And I, I find, you know, after connecting with her, I, I'm connected with a whole network, a whole history of, of women in music, of queer people in music. And unfortunately I feel that because we have more women in music, we have more queer people in music, we're a little bit less connected than the communities may have been in, in the past few decades. You know, um, the women's music scene of, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s is is just music now. And it's a, it's a little bit more scattered. But, um, but yeah, I've, I feel like I especially benefit from and feel grateful for, like, connections with musicians who've been in the game for a long time and have like that really those really deep roots and community and um and yeah I mean and she's just brilliant so that's that's nice too (laughs) (laughs) tis true yeah but it's like yeah like connecting with older uh older women um in music especially is is has been like such a gift to me and yeah yeah. And she's, she's also helped me get to the point that I'm at, like maybe inadvertently just because she's nice mm-hmm. and generous and, and mm-hmm. says, you know, do this gig with me. Oh, do you want this gig? Oh, I introduced you to this person, you know? Um, and that's not the, people don't help you No, <laughs> most of the time. It's like, everybody's getting their own, you know, coin and their own, their own thing done. And it's a very isolated, uh, space, you know, being an artist. Um, so yeah, like meeting people who actually (laughs) take you in and, and, and help. And I don't know, maybe you help them later. That's the, that's the goal. Right. Right. And when you say later, like, are you going to be, you know, like helping her sing at her birthday event? (laughs) Do I need to get my ticket now? (laughs) <laughs> not know why and how I have never been invited to sing at the birthday concert or be any part. I'm like, we've done duet shows. We've done, I've opened for you, you know. Uh, yeah, she's, I've, I've, I've never even been to the birthday concert, which is crazy. 
because it's right there and I know it's amazing. Um, yeah. But put I'm it out into the universe. Make it happen. Put yeah, it out there. I probably <laughs> should just show up, you know. That's, <laughs> that's really, I think, the answer. Uh, I'll just show up and say, what, what are we doing? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> how can I serve you on your birthday? <laughs> I'm here right. for you. Yes, but you should go. You should go anyway. I don't know. So you live here, though. I live in Oakland, but mm-hmm. I, as long as the friendly skies are open, I'm like, you know, <laughs> you don't need to hold me down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Yeah. So you way. got a couple of nights to so put it out there, you know, into the universe, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Definitely next year, at the very least. Okay. There you go. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about like people actually coming forward and helping you right because nobody gets where they're going alone and it's great that so many you know wonderful artists have come up and helped you make connections and all of that and one of the things that you said was you know like I don't know why they're doing it but like they I hope they also had those mentors right those people who helped lift them up so they're kind of paying it forward now helping lift you up and I'm sure you will for others too you know like you're that next generation so that's kind of how that process works. So I appreciate that they're doing that. And cause now I see you like so many other places, like I don't just have to go to YouTube anymore. And I appreciate them <laughs> right. for that too. <laughs> cause that mm-hmm. whole like generational impact of, you know, how we can all lift each other up, I think is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah, almost like, definitely. so who's your little Nas? Who are you, mm-hmm. in, you know, mentoring and Right. <laughs> people you don't even know i'm sure people out there I don't, you don't even realize i don't know i don't know but it's yeah i hope i get the chance soon to to work with people and mm-hmm. help them in some small way i don't i don't um i'm sure it'll it'll happen mm-hmm. well even the workshops you do at the colleges right like oh yeah the workshops are great are gonna go and where they're yeah the workshops up. are fun so which colleges have you had the opportunity to bless with your presence? Oh my God. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that I could remember them all, oh, that's, that's <laughs> but, um, I go to, I go to university of Maryland a lot. I've been to Tulane. Um, I've been to a bunch of schools in, in the Washington area, Seattle, Washington area. I've been, Oof, oof. Uh, Williams, uh, Amherst. Uh, it, it's oh, wow. very random. It's yeah. very random. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of the college gigs are 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 sort of the the bread and butter for me because they actually like pay well. Uh, whereas you know, like a gig at a at a music venue is not going to be be a lot of a lot of cash. It's it's usually not going to be any more than like a thousand and some change, which is, which is a lot for a music venue. Um, even if you're headlining. So yeah. So those college gigs are, um, helping with, with rent. So keep them coming. (laughs) (laughs) Go to your website to book you at your college. Yes, please book me right right now. And, and they're weird because you can't really, you can't like advertise yourself to a college. Like they ask for you or they don't. Yeah. So it's, it's like a weird, um, kind of relationship where you're just like, sure, I'll, I'll go. That sounds good. But mm-hmm. you can't like send your resume and a, <laughs> a video. Right. Like, it's not really how it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're right about at our story time. So. 
Yeah. So I, I guess I'll talk about, um, how I came to, uh, my sobriety, which, um, is in no way uh, meant to be preachy or judgy. I think sobriety is definitely the best choice for me and for some people, but it's not for everyone. And um, essentially, I knew for several years, probably since college, that, um, that I was an alcoholic, that I definitely abused alcohol for fun, for mourning, for boredom, to um, help with anxiety. You know, it, it served a lot of purposes, held me back from feelings that I needed to feel and from um, being able to live life in a, in a positive way. So I, I had um, been drinking pretty, pretty much since college, since undergrad. I had... Um, a few experiences after, um, after undergrad that sort of, um, intensified the, my addiction. And one was, um, a, a panic attack. I had, um, I think I sort of blacked out because I had um, been in the sun and I hadn't gotten a lot of sleep. And, um, that experience sort of triggered this, this irrational fear that I had, all the time. So it was like, you know, I was afraid to go out of the house. I was afraid to walk long distances. I was afraid to be in conversation with people. A lot of just like being afraid that something bad was going to happen. Just like some terrible thing was going to happen. And, and, um, and so that I think I started to use alcohol as like, as a, as self-medication and just a way to calm my nerves, which, um, in theory, you know, short term, it does work <laughs> for a couple hours, maybe. And then, you know, you drink too much, and then you're hungover every day. And you know, there's all these these feelings that um, that come up long term. And then um, the 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 sort of last straw was my was my um, breakup, my <laughs> big, giant, hairy messy breakup, uh, with, you know, the person who I thought was the love of my life, the person who I thought was going to be my family. I, it was about, we, we, we dated for five years and it was about two years ago, maybe two and a half. The time is getting, it's getting hazy now, (laughs) but um, we, we sort of, it was the beginning of the end and, and, um, and I was so steeped in, in self-hatred that, that I didn't see that I deserved love with or without this person. I didn't see that I could live a, a beautiful life without this person. And yeah, I just, I just hated myself. So I drank every day. I still was performing. I still was writing, um, but it was it was just a lot of self pity, a lot of, you know, nothing good is going to happen, so I might as well. And and drinking became the best part of my day. It was the thing that I was looking forward to. And so one day, um, I don't I don't want to go to like stay too too long in this <laughs> in this sort of sad part. But um, but I, after about a year of like really 
really self-destructive. And, and, you know, my, I, I do want to say like my, my addiction wasn't, I wasn't driving drunk. I wasn't cursing people out. I wasn't getting in fights. <laughs> like my self-destruction was, was very quiet and subtle. Like I would, I would drink by myself after everyone left at the end of the night. And it really just numbed me and kept me from, it kept me from having hope and it kept me from, from trying to, to make my life what I wanted it to be. So it wasn't, it wasn't this very obvious, like, wow, she's a mess. You know, everybody in my life wasn't looking at me like you you have a problem. It was very, very subtle. Um, but I knew that it was a problem. So, um, I spent a, a year in this really sad breakup, self-pity, murder spot. And one day I just like, I just drove to an AA meeting. It was a very depressing room in a depressing building. Uh, but I went in there and heard people tell their stories. A lot of the people in the room weren't sober for very long. But it was at that point where I... I realized um, that I was not alone and that even though I couldn't quit by myself, these people were quitting with this program and with some kind of sense of community, like some sense of a, of a, of a larger, you know, power. Pe- people say higher power and a lot of folks are scared of that concept of God if they don't believe in God. You don't have to believe in God. It's just about, you can't do something like this alone. It's really, really hard. Uh, and for most of us, it's impossible. So I walked out of that meeting and it was just pouring, pouring rain. And I just started crying and laughing. And I knew that, that I was going to stop drinking. And I did. (laughs) And it was hard at first, but then, you know, my life, my sober life is just so much better that like any of this fun and sweetness and ease that I got from drinking is, is it just so pale in comparison. And, um, I, I did, you know, I wrote, I wrote the blog post about this, about, you know, being six months sober. I'm now, um, a year, almost a year and a half sober. And, um, and it is, it does seem to be an oxymoron to be a musician, you know, like playing in bars all the time, getting drink tickets. Everybody's drinking at your show. Everybody's drinking afterwards. You have after parties, you're celebrating things. You're, you're, you know, it's fine. And the more I talk about my sobriety, the more people I meet in music that have been sober for years, because, you know, I think a lot of musicians are alcoholics. Like that's, there's a, definitely a correlation there. And, um, I just, I wake up without a hangover. I have a whole day. I, you know, wrote a musical in, you know, like four months. I put it up in, you know, three runs, two cities. Like it's like, there are things that I just could not have ever done. I was, I was skating by, I was like getting by while I was drinking. But, um, this, I don't know. My sobriety just allows me to, to have like full access to my creative creativity, to my self love. Like it's, I love myself now. It's so, it's such a weird 
and foreign concept. It should not be. But I think any any women of color, black girls, uh, you know, trans girls, like I think a lot of people who grew up feeling less than or ugly or whatever can can relate and and say yeah i did i it was self-love was not just a gift of life like it wasn't just something that the world gave to me it's like you have to fight for that you know you have to learn it and relearn it and work at it because you're constantly seeing images of you know nope you you are not beautiful you are not smart you're not talented whatever so um and now, now I just, I just love, I love AA because I know there are many tools and ways to work at sobriety, but I, I personally love AA because it's, it feels like life school. It's not, um, it's not just after, after the first, you know, few months, whatever, it's not really even about drinking or using anymore. It's about how you, how do you become a better person and like love better and and listen better and um and like take responsibility <laughs> seeing wow i i hurt people you know i was selfish i was really really extremely selfish in the past and like i can instead of saying no i was right i was right it made sense i was justified i can say no that that hurt that hurt someone and um and I'm sorry, you know, we were doing our best, both of us, but I'm sorry, you know, that, that's what I love about it. It's, it's anyone, you know, addict or not could go into a meeting and, and really like, and cry and feel like they learned something. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. It feels good. I, I don't know if that's the end of the story or a conclusion, but, um, it feels really good to, to, to be sober. And of course life isn't perfect, but I had several dreams and, 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 and hopes that I thought were impossible. And I just, and I just decided to, to do those things. I just decided that those things were mine. And I, and, and, um, and I definitely owe that to (laughs) this, sobriety in the program and everything not preachy again not preachy everybody's not an alcoholic but for those who are it's like (laughs) it feels it feels good and yeah Yeah. there's hope I don't know that was beautiful I feel like so many people can connect to that I said so many people can connect to that and that's why I was excited you were willing to share that story because I I stopped drinking recently, but not because of addiction, but because of the, like, I wanting my day, right? Like going out and having drinks. I'm like, I'm wasting the next day too. And like those feelings, but also addiction has impacted my family in so many ways. Um, I've lost multiple people to alcohol and drugs in my family and just seeing the way that people sometimes don't get to that space where they feel like they can reach out, where they feel like they can make that shift and, where they feel like, like you were saying, they deserve better. 
And I think that's a really important piece that you touched on is um, people getting to a point where they realize that they deserve to love themselves and deserve to have those things. You said you just finally said, like, I deserve this and I'm just going to take it. I'm going to do it. So that those stories are important to me because I've seen people lose their lives before they got to that point. And I appreciate you spreading that because somebody I'm sure needs to hear that, that they deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, and I needed to hear that. I don't regret anything, but I do wish that, that I heard a story like that mm-hmm. earlier on mm-hmm. in my life, you know? So I had to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super grateful, but I, it, it just, I spent so much time in, in, in self, self hatred mm-hmm. and, uh, you know. Well, I was thinking that, um, just the amount of healing that comes out of your work comes from your place of healing. It's, I wish that I had all the words to articulate it, but it's like, it's almost, if I, if I could somewhat quote and misquote scripture, it's almost like it makes me think about that scripture that talks about when David said it was good that I was afflicted because, you know, getting the opportunity to go through things that are as damaging as they are because of where we were in our life and what circumstances happen in our lives that, you know, now I know who I am. Now I know what I'm capable of overcoming. And then from out of me comes this, which now heals other people. And that's what I thought about as you were telling your story. You know, I almost wanted to throw an amen up in there, but you know, again, not trying to be too churchy, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I it's like, it. I, I definitely appreciate, um, I, I didn't know this, you know, so I definitely appreciate your journey. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That there's, there's, um, people in, in the meetings say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grateful alcoholic and, and, and say that they are grateful to be alcoholics because it did give them the opportunity to look at their lives and, and grow, you know, whereas like if we didn't have problems, if we didn't have a struggle, if we didn't have pain, we, we wouldn't have that opportunity to grow. And that's kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it it's hard, but it's like, it's cool. It's nice. I was really picturing the part where you were talking about walking into the meeting that first time Mm -hmm. and sitting down and hearing stories. And I just appreciate that as another reminder of the power of storytelling, because that's part of why I started this podcast, because storytelling is so powerful and it can change people's lives. And, you know, to hear even just that word used in that context that you sat down and you heard stories and that was a shift for you and the way that can actually impact people and change their lives, I think is so important. And then the way that the stories you tell, you know, like you said, you don't throw out all those metaphors, you don't make it encrypted, you know, you're just very vulnerable and authentic in your storytelling in your music. It very much is a story. And I think that's a big piece of um, what people connect to, or at least I know I have connected to because you're telling your authentic story and that's very real and people see that and feel that. Mm. That's yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I love, I love stories everywhere. I love, you know, the moth and I love strangers and I love podcasts mm. that bring people's stories. It, it, you could like not relate at all, but there's something about hearing mm. people tell stories about their lives that just, 
it feels, it, it just like, it feels so human and it feels like, like I feel so connected, mm-hmm. you know, I love that. Yeah, even if I don't relate to the story, it makes me feel grounded. Yes, yes. I just feel more grounded after listening to stories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it makes me think we're both in the mental health field as well. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, alcohol works temporarily, right? Like it works to release that anxiety. It works to make you not feel so sad. It, it works in that short term. What's mm-hmm. worked for you now in the long term? Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot, I have a lot of different tools, but that, that helped a lot in the beginning for me was, um, uh, gratitude lists every day. So, um, starting or ending the day or even in the middle, just having my journal with me and, and writing a list of all the things in life or in that particular moment that I'm grateful for, um, really can, can change your perspective of, the day because it's easy to say, well, I didn't get this job or blah, 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 you know, this person cut me in line, whatever. But when you look at all of the gifts and all of the amazing um, things in your life, it just shifts your perspective in, in a positive way. I've always been a pessimist, so <laughs> that did not come easy for me, but <laughs> gratitude list help. Um, I, I, I do pray now. Um, I, my idea of what God is changes all the time. And it's, you know, sometimes the people in that room, you know, in that AA room, sometimes it's, you know, the people in in an audience or a friend or, you know, trees, um, or a song, whatever. But I pray, um, and I meditate, pray, like I do like a, I I used to meditate a lot, but now I sort of meditate with God in mind or whatever I'm feeling is God in mind. And that calms me. And just thinking about how you can't control things. (laughs) Like you can't, you can worry. You can certainly do that, but um, it doesn't control anything. It doesn't, you don't have the power to, to change uh, the outcome with your, with your worries. So you could be thinking, I'm about to get a panic attack. Yep. You know, it's going to happen. All right, here we go. You know, like Mm -hmm. breathing, Mm -hmm. we're breathing, we're having a panic attack. It's very inconvenient. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable. It's going to end eventually. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. this weird, like, um, but, and also not drinking, not abusing substances. Dr- drinking really, um, intensifies anxiety. It's like pretty much like it's a science, you know, it's like <laughs> when you're, when you're creating, you know, these, these chemical imbalances, like that's mm. depression, anxiety, all of that is, 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 um, extra. So, um, so yeah, so gratitude list, prayer and, and anytime I feel depressed, I don't always do it, but I know that service is, is a direct. So like doing something for somebody else who needs something will at least distract you from your own shit, from your own sadness and 
mm-hmm. and feelings, you know, and it's a good way for me. Oh, and, and exercise. Just like going for runs or hikes or whatever. Never was a hike person, but California is uh, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll do that to you. It'll do that. People yeah, do that. Yeah. I looked up. I moved to California. I'm sleeping in the woods now. And right? Oh, no. Mama. <laughs> camping. Not right. there yet. <laughs> Good for you. I'm not that far. I've not crossed that line, but. <laughs> I've only you been sh- there five months, and I'm like, why am I out here? Oh, look at the stars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember I was in um, Seattle working on this piece uh, with a with a group of black queer women. And, you know, Seattle, Seattle's very different. And, and they all started talking about places where they go camping and go on hikes like, oh, have you been to da da da? I was like, this is a room full of black women <laughs> sharing camping sites. I was like, See, so this confused. is so full circle. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know anybody who does this. <laughs> Maybe some white folks, but like, <laughs> it was such a different, like, mm-hmm. cultural thing mm-hmm. that I had never seen and was was mm-hmm. confused and um, and amazed by. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. Earlier, it. Don and I were talking about like the person that I'm dating is is white. And they were like, you know, <laughs> we literally just talked about this. We, literally. <laughs> so and, and she introduced me to the whole camping world and was, like, <laughs> and she was like, I did my research, was like looking up YouTube videos on how black people are comfortable with camping. <laughs> how oh, cute is that? <laughs> what a catch. I, a catch. I was like, babe, for real? Wow, babe. I was like, oh my God, you're a keeper. <laughs> That is adorable. Yeah, I was like, we don't do that. We don't do that. Please share the resources with with the world. I don't, I don't know what videos and research they I don't did. Know what she found, but I was, she was like, so let's do this. I'm gonna have this, and I'm like, okay. She was ready. And she was like, I did my research. I'm like, Aww. what research? You know, black people don't like to go camping. So these are the top things that we need. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm excited about you. Okay, you got it. Yeah, please please share your experiences with me. (laughs) So you never know. uh, Got it. Got it. It It was good. It was good. (laughs) There's still time to be out there camping. Wow. Right, right. So I'm curious, like, so is there like a collective that you are part of, like, that's open for people in Oakland and things like that? You know, folks like myself who, you know, eventually go back home tomorrow, you know, and and being a, I almost want to call myself an expat, but it's not that serious, but I've only been there since July and I'm still looking for areas to kind of connect community wise. And so I was just curious, like, you know, does that really exist? Because I got a little bit of creativity, a small amount. Um, and, yeah. you know, would love to connect and see what that world looks like. <sighs> you know, to be honest, I um, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. really. Um, I, I know so many people here, but I haven't really grown roots yet. And. And I know people who are great connectors and I know events and I know that, but, um, I haven't found 
my people your tribe in a in a yeah in a creative sense or in a just like friendship like i have you know friends here and there um and i think some some work could be done there are a lot of white queer folks uh here and there are a lot of people of color who are queer but i don't know how great we are connecting Mm. and getting together so um so yeah i'm still trying to find it but we should we should we should share we should like talk about that because um yeah okay it's still it's still new for me too yeah yeah so i'll send you my my deets um yeah please yeah because i was just wondering like what this collective what what does this this collective look like in this area and Mm -hmm. i've not found it yet Mm -hmm. and i've you know yeah i've gone to the center you know in oakland um yeah lgbtq plus center great space Mm -hmm. Um, but yes. yet and still, you know, that organic tribe has not, you know, connected yet. So I was wondering, so I would definitely share as I get some information cause it's, you know, creating Please. community yeah. is important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really important. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm dedicated to, I'm not here a lot. I'm in DC a lot and I'm traveling a lot, but, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling that that's missing mm-hmm. a lot more recently. And, um, yeah, I want to <laughs> fix it. I got you. All right. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> that goes back to that sense of community, right? And that importance. And it can be so hard to be somewhere where that community is strong, which is like what I really felt when I moved down to Champaign to mm. go to grad school. Is like I picked myself up out of Chicago, moved somewhere that's a liberal bubble, right, in the middle of cornfields mm. and had yeah. no community. Yeah. And yeah. feeling it so strongly and feeling that connection, having that support just on a daily basis go to having nothing mm-hmm. was like shocking mm-hmm. and yeah. it never developed out there. Like I, there were barriers to even being able to develop that out there. And it's part of why I got my aspect to Chicago as quick as I could. I'm like, right. it's, it was yeah. almost suffocating at times to like mm-hmm. not have that in-person connection within that community. And then when you all are talking about like an intersection of, community right Mm -hmm. like the importance of that to an even higher level to be able to just like have those people to meet up with and Mm -hmm. connect with and have that kind of support it's important yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah we're gonna figure it out yeah (laughs) we don't have a choice yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) right right yeah yeah so different areas are air certain areas are different. Like it's easier to create a tribe and community in New York. Like mm. you mm. look up and you're running from people sometimes, <laughs> um, <laughs> depending on, you know, what you're into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Oakland, it was like, hello, hello, hello. You know, yeah. But it'll happen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The people are there. You just got to find them. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out where they are. Yeah. Well, it's been wonderful having you. Thank you so much for sticking with it and trying, trying to make <laughs> Thank this you work. for sticking with it. I so many. You. It's like two hours uh, apart and yeah. yet yeah. worlds away. So I know, right? <laughs> I'm really glad that we, we figured it out. Me too. Me too. So, so grateful. I appreciate you. I appreciate your story. Keep doing all the things because we're here to absorb it. 
and we connect with it so strongly. It's very important. Thank you. Thank you. And you too. Thank you for, for taking the time and making space. Where can people find you? What's coming up for you? Where do you want people to follow you? I am working on a new album, so I'm a little bit here by myself for most of the time but um but generally you can you can find my shows um on beesteadwell.com that's b-e-s-t-e-a-d-w-e-l-l.com and you know instagram and all the places and and yeah and i'll be playing a show with toshi in berkeley on uh, february 15th awesome i will be looking for the tickets to go on sale by like January, I don't know, January 1st. Oh, they're up. <laughs> oh, they're oh up. you need to go get them now. Awesome. I, I yeah, you can go to the site and get them now it, it, or whenever. It's a, it's a big place. So Okay. Nice. <laughs> I will be buying them. Thank you so much and, for the heads up. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll talk to y'all later. Great. All right. Well, Enjoy thank you day. again. And all right, show. Right. Have a great day. day. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Queer Stories and Twitter at Beyond Queer Pod. Also, check out the creator of our podcast music, Be Steadwell. She's an incredible queer artist who creates queer music and queer content. You can check her out at BeStedwell.com. That's B-E-S-T-E-A-D-W-E-L-L.com. Also, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can look for our link to submit on both Facebook and Instagram or reach out to us at beyondqueerstories at gmail.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please rate us and leave us a comment. We'd love to get your feedback. This also helps others find our podcast. Talk to you all next week. Next time on Beyond Queer Stories. We were roommates for like a few months. Uh, yeah. living together mm-hmm. and uh, then we just continued um, to have these conversations that we've tried to now portray in like a podcast format. Uh, we want to talk about deep things that are not uh, usually discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found like sometimes some podcasts uh, about queer people would we'll talk about like certain things like maybe like too superfluous or that wouldn't go deep into like values of our community. So we wanted to have... Yeah. Kind of like more like philosophical uh, life questions that we just want to debate from like an open perspective. <laughs>